Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Sarah Munder. And I'm Zach Glazer. And this is episode 457 of the Lawyers Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, Sarah talks with lab coach Bernadette Harris about the final leg of our book tour, Healthy Profits. Today's podcast is brought to you by Postali, posh virtual receptionists and law pay. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support. Stay tuned. We'll tell you more about them later on. Sarah, I think this is the first time that you and I have been on a on an intro together. We don't they don't let us, you know, just kind of go off on our own very much. They don't put two crazies in the room together very no, often. They they try not to, I think. But this I'm is excited. good. I get to talk with you about uh, what's going on in lab and lawyers lab. So yeah, what's mm-hmm. what are the what are the hip kids in lab doing these days? What are the hip kids, the cool labsters doing these days? Well, we've got a lot going on. So when we are recording this, we're about halfway through the year, which Mm -hmm. means that we're in quarter three and we just had our quarter three planning retreat that Mm -hmm. we do once a quarter where we walk our labsters through doing a retrospective of the previous quarter, looking at their numbers, you know, looking at Mm -hmm. how things went and how their projects and goals went and where they're at in relation to their, their year goals. Okay. And so that happened and I am like knee deep in working on those priorities with the labsters that I coach. Mm -hmm. And it's just really cool to see these things coming along for them, especially as we get closer to the end of the year, because that's always a fun time. Yeah. So you have a set group of labsters that kind of get one-on-one with you specifically. It's not round robin. You're not kind of just showing up to, you know, meetings with labsters and saying, all right, Mm -hmm. who are you? What are we doing? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, I'm a full-time coach here and I have a labsters assigned to me as my coaching clients. And it's really cool to be able to get to know them and to help them overcome some of their questions and struggles along the way in on their journey and to see them do some amazing things. And then I see them in our events. I see them in our virtual events, whether it's a weekly workshop or mm-hmm. a quarterly planning retreat. And then we have LabCon coming up, which I am so excited about because we have had (laughs) such an influx of new labsters come into the program Uh this year. And so for a lot of the folks that are registered, it's going to be their first LabCon. And I'm just really excited to, you know, hug some people in person and like get some face-to-face time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And LabCon is, it's a different conference. It's Mm -hmm. not your regular show up and you know, have, have people throw their ideas at you from the stage. I think we've usually referred to it as an unconference, which I think gets thrown Mm -hmm. around, but this is a, you know, show up and get coached. It's a, it's an extension of lab really. Right. Yeah. I had someone this morning, one of my labsters in a coaching call, ask me what to expect. Mm. And she admitted that she was, she's an introvert Mm -hmm. and she was feeling a little maybe anxious about what's it going to be like and who's going to be there and what are we going to be doing? And I 
just told her, look, I got you. <laughs> oh, I got you on this one because <laughs> we actually design LabCon to support people who like who are introverts because mm-hmm. we have a lot of introvert attorneys in lab. I myself mm-hmm. consider myself an outgoing introvert. Mm-hmm. And what's great is that there's little things that we do. Like I know last year we had these little cards on the table and one side said focus time. And then the other side said, come talk to me. Yeah. So you get plenty of opportunities to connect with other people in a really valuable and meaningful way. It's not like you know, annoying, gross networking events where you're just like forced to talk to people you don't want to talk to. But also at the same time, there's a lot of time and space to just be able to get work done and focus and and do the things that you have been meaning to do or that you're learning about at LabCon. And you've committed Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to put together this marketing strategy today, or I'm going to put together my accountability chart, or I'm going to work on hiring this next person. So it's just incredible. And it's, it's unlike anything I've ever been to, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and and one of the people that is going to be at LabCon this year is your guest today, Bernadette mm-hmm. Harris. She's one of our coaches, and she does specifically a lot of the financial stuff. So let's dive right into your conversation with her. Hey, again, this is Bernadette L. Harris. I am the finance coach here at Lawyerist, and uh, my role with Lawyerist is helping our members understand and get comfortable with their numbers. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about this. How do we want to say? We're going to talk about money. Yeah. It's sexy, but it's not, right? (laughs) It is. I want it to be sexy for people. By the way, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to be here with you. I've never had the privilege of interviewing you on the Lawyers Podcast, but I've heard so many of your episodes before. And I will say this, Bernadette, and I've never said this to you either, But I'm a coach here in the lab program, and I personally coach a lot of small firm owners who are really uncomfortable with their finances. They're uncomfortable with looking at their finances, thinking about them, tracking them, understanding them, and creating goals and a strategy. So honestly, this is what I was going to tell you that I haven't told you yet is I can't even tell you how many times you come up in conversation in my coaching calls every day because I'm like, oh, you know what? Just go talk to Bernadette. (laughs) Let me get you her scheduling link. Go schedule a call with Bernadette because she's going to ease all your concerns and she's going to make you feel a lot better at the end of the day. So I'm just so glad that you're here because I don't know what I would do without you. Yeah, I love being a part of Lawyerist to be able to do that because there are so many people who are really awesome at what it is that they do, right? And the, the whole finance part of running a business is the scariest part. So to be able to take away some of that fear and the trepidation that comes along with your finances and to give people the relief to know that sometimes they think they're doing a bad job and they're really doing a good job, you know? So it's always nice to be able to do those things. Exactly. And I'm curious your thoughts. I have some ideas on this, but I'm curious your thoughts as the finance expert. When you say that people are scared of their finances. They're scared of the conversation about money and all that. Why do you think that is? Do you have an idea as to why it's so scary? Yeah, I think that there are multiple reasons. And sometimes in the coaching session, I can get to the root of those reasons. So sometimes it is based on the way that they were reared, you know? So some people just have an unhealthy relationship with numbers or an unhealthy relationship with money. 
So it could be that they grew up and they didn't have a lot of it. And so now they're afraid that they're going to be in a situation where they may go back to where they were when they were younger. Or I've even had conversations with people where money was not an issue or like I was talking to someone recently and they were saying that her parents split up when she was young and her father was rich. And when they split up, she and her mother struggled. And so her relationship with money was around being like a jerk. Like if you had a lot of money, then that made you a jerk. And so I think that those are usually some of the reasons why people have a hard time with money. I don't know if you've ever encountered that in any of your coaching sessions, right? Absolutely. That's a big one. And then I think another one is just in thinking about how the brain works. So obviously there's a lot of factors in someone's life. Law firm owners, really smart attorneys are human too, and they've had their trauma and they've had their experiences and made their own associations with finances. But like from a perspective of how does the brain work, also we tend to make whatever it is we're looking at mean something about us as people, as a human. And sometimes that's really hard and painful because my guess is they don't want to look, and myself included, I've been there at times. This is something that I've had to really grow and and coach myself on is like this, you know, I'm going to log into the account right now, (laughs) or I'm going to do some financial understanding my numbers. And I'm scared and I have this yucky feeling in my stomach. But whatever it is that I see, I'm not going to make it mean anything about me either way, whether things are worse than I expected or better than I expected. It's just data. Right. Right. And we use that data just to make decisions. And so I think that it is really important for people not to, like you said, make it about you because it's not. It's not you. If you have a healthy profit, which we're going to talk about, right, that's great. But that doesn't mean that that you're great or you're not, you know, and if you don't have a profit, it doesn't mean that you are great or you're not. It just means some good stuff happened. You know, or maybe some bad stuff happens. So, yeah, I agree. I think that sometimes we definitely have to coach them through the process of understanding that it is not about you. It's just really about you addressing it and figuring out Mm -hmm. how to use that data. Exactly. Yeah. If you could take the you out of the picture and it's just a completely neutral situation, then let's, well, let's look at the numbers. Right and see what we need to do. We need to pivot that way or that way, or what levers do we need to pull? So now that we got that part out of the way, because I just feel like unless we address some of these like underlying thoughts about the whole thing, we're not going to get very far or we're not going to get very far and then continue to get very far again and again and again. So we're talking about healthy profits today because that's the whole point of what we're doing here in helping people build healthier law firms is Honestly, we don't care how much money you're bringing in. We don't care how much revenue you're bringing in. If you are not profitable, then what are we doing? Right, right, <laughs> right? Why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? We want firm owners to be able to build a business that not only serves their clients, but serves their lives as well so that they can go be a cool human and like enjoy their lives, right? So how would you define what profitable is? Well, we can start with the accounting definition, right? So we can we can talk about jargon. So profits essentially means that you made more than you spent. That's the short version of it. When we talk about healthy profits, though, because you can make $10 and spend nine, and while that's 
profitable, not really certain that that would be considered healthy, right? So when you're talking about healthy profits, now you're in a situation where you have compensated yourself because a lot of times law firm owners are not compensating themselves or they're not mm-hmm. compensating themselves adequately, right? Mm-hmm. They're not paying themselves. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just keep looking straight ahead. No one knows that we're talking about you. So, <laughs> But they're not giving themselves a reasonable salary. They're not paying themselves a salary that they would make if they were working for someone else. So when you talk about healthy profits, your firm is in a position to be able to pay the owner a healthy salary, a market rate salary, and then there's some money left over. And there's money left over so that you have a cushion, you have money to reinvest in the company. That's what I would would say is healthy profits. Because having, you know, just a little over break even is probably not healthy profits. It's profitable by definition, but not necessarily healthy. Right, right. So you brought up arguably one of the most important points here, which is a lot of times law firm owners don't pay themselves. They don't pay themselves a reasonable amount. What I see a lot of is they just don't pay themselves at all, or they just pay themselves randomly and they take draws when, when they can, when the business can afford it. So what's your thought on that? What does an ideal situation look like from your expert financial perspective in terms of how firm owners on the most basic level, structure their financial strategy so that they can pay themselves in a healthy way and also be able to reinvest in the business and pay all the bills. Right, right. And this is a delicate bank. It's a dance, right? So you, you kind of have to, to dance with it. But I think it's really important for firm owners to prioritize paying themselves. It has to be a priority. It has to be something that you do in your firm because What happens is when you are a firm owner and you are not paying yourself a reasonable salary, at some point, you or someone that you love is going to resent your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sad. Yeah, You're going to resent it because there's going to be a day when you wake up and you're like, shoot, I am working 60 hours a week and I have $12 in my checking account. Yeah. And the family's like, what? What are we doing here? What's going on here? And so in a lot of the coaching sessions, I'm talking to firm owners or I'm talking to business owners in, you know, coaching sessions in my firm. And I'm telling them how important it is to make sure that paying themselves is a priority because it is impacting more than just them. So let's think about the firm owner who has children and the kids see you working all the time, but they can't go to summer camp because you say that you don't have the money for them to go to summer camp. And so they're seeing like, well, mom, dad is working all the time, but why? Yeah, (laughs) you know, absolutely. Yeah. So you have to think about the impact that it's going to have. And it could not necessarily be children. It could be a spouse. And so you are married, your spouse is maybe carrying all the the bills until your firm is profitable on its feet or whatever. But at some point, your spouse is going to get tired of carrying the full load and you're not home and you're not contributing to home. So that is why paying yourself has to be a priority because the last thing that you want is resentment in the business, whether it is coming from you or someone that loves you. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you mentioned it 
you could resent your own business. And I think that that's what I see that happen a lot where people are like, I am just, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm just so tired. And it's not, it's not rewarding to them because it's just a struggle. And we don't want that because that's not going to, that's only going to make the situation worse. Right. So we have like, as business owners, we've really got to keep our mind right so that we have the right attitude towards our business, because that's going to show up in everything we do. And our clients are going to feel it and our team members are going to feel it. So we, we've identified, I mean, this is important, right? Like, obviously we want to pay ourselves. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then when we come back, let's talk about more of the how. Yeah. So we got to do this. How do we do do it? it? Yeah, let's do that. All right. We'll be right back. The Lawyer's Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to Lawyerist listeners. Visit Posh.com forward slash Lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Services. That's Posh.com forward slash Lawyerist. And by LawPay. Don't be the last to discover why the legal industry is raving about LawPay Pro. Say goodbye to manually recording your working hours and chasing down late payments. Accurately track time, reclaim billable hours, and get paid faster with all the billing and invoicing features you need in one easy-to-use tool. Plus, plans start as low as $19 per month per user. Visit www.lawpay.com slash lawyerist to learn more. And by Postali. At Lawyerist, we know marketing is an essential piece of a firm's growth strategy. While marketing may be on your radar, the branding process is often glossed over. Our partners at Postali can develop your law firm brand. Postali is a full-service marketing agency working with attorneys nationwide. Their team will guide you through an exercise and then deliver a blueprint that powers your firm's internal operations, visual identity, and marketing efforts. Branding is more than just a logo and color palette. Taking the time to define your target audience, vision, and core values will ensure that you have a well-aligned internal team ready to help you set and achieve your growth goals. Visit postdolly.com slash branding to get started. All right, Bernadette. So how do we do it? How do we, on the most basic level, create a system in which you said it's a delicate dance, but how do we build a business that's paying us, that's you know growing in the right direction financially? What does that look like? Let's just start there because I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And this is a question that I answer a lot. So accountants and lawyers, we always start a question. The answer is it depends, right? <laughs> so it, it does depend. <laughs> but just keeping it very simple and very basic, the first thing that you have to consider is the way your business is structured. So the way your business is structured will determine the how. So what I mean by that? If your business is a sole proprietorship, 
then you don't get a salary per se. You just take owner's drops. If your business is a partnership, same thing. You just take owner's drops. But we're talking about the how. And this is the way you're taxed. If your business is taxed as an S corporation or a C corporation, now you have a salary and you're an employee of that company. And you will get paid via payroll the way that you pay your employees. So that deals with the how in a technical sense, right? So now let's talk about the numbers part because this is the this is the dance. This is the part where people kind of struggle in figuring it out. And I always tell people to work backwards. Like figure out what you need to be able to run your household, to maintain the lifestyle that you've grown accustomed to. And maybe there are times in your business where you may cut back on certain things because you're trying to grow or you want to hire or whatever, but figure out what that number is. And based on that number, then we kind of work backwards from there. So figure out how much you want to make. Yeah, figure it out. Right. Like, okay. So let's just say on a very basic level, and maybe you live somewhere that's not that expensive because we're going to use some low numbers, right? So let's say on a basic level, you can live on $60,000. And maybe that is because, you again, you live somewhere that is inexpensive or maybe that is your contribution to the household and your spouse is contributing the rest. So $60,000 is your number. Now it's a conversation of looking at your finances. And this is also that part that we've been running from, looking at the finances, right? So can your business pay you $5,000 a month? Because that's $60,000, right? Can your business pay you $5,000 a month? And if not, then we're working up to $60,000. So now let's say, you know, based on the money that is come in over the last six months and the the money that's gone out over the last six months, I think my business is comfortable paying me 4,000, not five. So you start at four, but the goal is always to get you to five. And so now if you're paying attention to your numbers, if you're meeting with your accountant, if you're logging into your QuickBooks and you're looking at your numbers on a regular basis, you'll start to pay attention to these things and say, hey, I just brought on a new client and I think I can do X, Y, and Z from there. So that's on a very, very basic level. Yeah. Well, and even just having this kind of basic level talk, what I know is happening is people are listening and they get this concept. It's not like a crazy new concept or anything. I mean, maybe they heard something they didn't know or realized before, but what's happening is it's opening up their brain to approach their financial strategy in a maybe a different way. There's lots of different ways to do it. We like to start with how much money do you want to make, friend? And then, all right, well, then how much money does the business need to generate then, friend? And then what else are we looking at? So like where do expenses come in and how do you know what's a reasonable amount of expenses and what's not? Because that's another question I get all the time too, is, yeah. is like, I don't know how much I'm supposed to be spending compared to my, my revenue. Yeah. And that, gosh, that depends also. But one of the things that you want to think about is sometimes it's not a matter of, am I spending too much, but more, am I spending wisely? Mm-hmm. So example, I had a coaching call with someone and they were spending a lot of money a month on advertising and they did it for a year 
and their revenue didn't increase. Oh, ouch. I'm sure people have been there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so in that conversation, it is, hey, you're spending four, five, six thousand dollars a month on advertising. And the year that you did that, your income only increased by five thousand dollars. And so that becomes a question of not necessarily a question of am I spending too much? But am I spending this wisely? Like this marketing yeah. isn't working because Exactly. Yeah. And so some sometimes the conversation is not about whether or not you're spending too much for your revenue or you're spending too much for your practice area or something like that. But it's really about am I spending wisely? Sometimes we purchase softwares that we're not using, or we have systems multiple systems that do the same thing and you're paying for two systems and one system does what the other system does, you know, does. And so that may be an expense that you don't even need to have. So maybe the the initial conversation is around revisiting your expenses to make sure that what you're spending money on is making sense. Is it working? Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think maybe it's actually not an expense problem. Maybe it's a marketing strategy problem. Either way, no matter what the issue is and where it lies, I mean, the issue is somewhere and we can uncover where that's at and we can adjust from there. But I think the key word here is, are you being intentional with what you're spending on? Yeah. And you're paying attention. So because I think that a lot of times firm owners are not recognizing how all of these parts are connected. Like you said, the marketing strategy is connected to your finances. And so we can't just dump money into marketing and not pay attention to the outcomes. So if you're dumping money into marketing, are you tracking what this marketing is doing and are you getting a return on your investment? And that is where the two kind of marry, right? You're looking at your marketing strategy. You're also looking at your finances and, hey, if I'm doing all these things to market my business, is my income also increasing? Or at least do you have more people in your pipeline? So maybe it's not an immediate increase, but is your phone ringing more? Are you getting more consultations? Are you doing more discovery calls or whatever the case may be? There has to be some, you know, some correlation between those two. Yeah, I feel like we could go down a whole rabbit hole in this conversation (laughs) of like different things we need. Like this is all the stuff that comes up in coaching calls every day. It's like, okay, is this is this a financial strategy problem? Actually, no, this is a marketing problem. And then you look at the marketing strategy. Well, you have a bunch of leads. So is it a getting the leads problem? Is it a capturing leads problem? Or is it a conversion problem? Right, right. (laughs) Who do we need to talk to here? Give them a kick in the butt. Yeah. So, But it also speaks to how all of these pieces are interconnected. But the numbers are the thing that tells the story. And a lot of times the numbers is the story that nobody wants to listen to, but the numbers are telling you something. And I mean, and that's in everyday life. If you go get blood work, your numbers are going to tell you what's going on with your body right away. Like you don't need to have an x-ray or MRI. You could just get blood work and it'll tell you what's going on. And the same thing happens with your financials. If you have the data that data is going to tell you something. It's just a matter of being able to understand the data and to be able to course correct, make the changes that need to happen. I mean, we all want to 
we all know kind of how we want our story to end in anything that we're pursuing in life. And in building a law firm, we have an idea of what we want it to be and how, where we want to get to. But like you just said, if we don't pay attention to the story along the way, we can't write the ending, but we can write the ending when we're actually actively participating in that story writing process. That was such a beautiful analogy, Bernadette. Thank you. Again, I feel like we could just go so long and talk about all the things. So we're just going to have to keep having you on. If there was one thing that is the most important piece of advice that you give people in your coaching calls in lab, what would that be? I think, it, again, it goes back to not being afraid of the numbers, right? And so we said it in the very beginning of this episode, whatever the outcome is, is not a reflection of who you are as a person. It's just an outcome as a result of something that happened, right? And so if we're not afraid of looking at the numbers and accepting what the numbers are telling us, then we can use that data for our good, whatever that is. But we have to we have to spend time with the numbers. And so you don't have to love math. You don't have to become an accountant to really look at your numbers and start paying attention to it. It's really about understanding what what is your P&L telling you? What is your balance sheet telling you? What is your statement of cash flow telling you? And these are the conversations that I have with the members in lab, because whether you're doing your books yourself or you're outsourcing it, which I hope you're not doing your books yourself. It's just not a good use of your time. But <laughs> if you are outsourcing it, you want to still look at your numbers on a regular basis to see what's going on. I love to be able to show people the story that their numbers are telling them, because some of the stories that your numbers will tell you is it will tell you what's your conversion cycle, meaning once you've converted a client, how long does it take for that client to realize on your your P&L? Like how long from the lead capture to them signing the agreement to them paying their retainer to you closing their case? How long does that take? That's important data, right? Because that data will help you to figure out how many of these cases can you do a year? How many of them do you want to do in a year? It also lets you know, like if there are cycles or seasons to your business, there's so many stories that your numbers mm-hmm. can tell you, but the bottom line is really spending some time with the data and accepting the story that it's telling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you said that people don't need to love math or be an accountant to get this right. But what I will tell you is that they need to work with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least have one call with you. So when you come into lab, I'm talking to the listeners, you guys here, When you come into our lab coaching program, you get to work with Bernadette and it's amazing and it's fantastic. And I'm so grateful that you bring that value to to my labsters that I coach and all of them in lab. And I know everyone's thinking right now, okay, she says, I just need to spend the time. But when, when do I find the time to dig into this stuff and like get on top of it, which could be a whole nother episode. But again, remember that it's all about being intentional and this law firm can be whatever you want it to be. And if you need coaching with the time aspect and managing all the things, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And I'll close with this to say, reviewing your numbers and reading the story, it doesn't take that much time. Not that much time It doesn't really take that much time. And honestly, 
What I found is once I've coached a client on understanding their financials and making them see like this is the story that is telling, they look forward to looking at their numbers because now they know what they're looking at and they know what they're looking for and all of that. So it's not a matter of time, especially if you outsource the bookkeeping, then it's really about going in and taking a look at the reports. You could do it monthly. Isn't it insane yeah. <laughs> 30 how minutes. people go from like just extreme anxiety about looking at the numbers, but when they do, then it's an extreme high at looking at the numbers because it's like, you just feel like you could do anything yeah. at this point. It is You've really empowering. That. It is so empowering. <laughs> and they're almost in disbelief. Like, I can't believe I'm looking forward to looking at P&Ls. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sexy. All right, my friend. Well, thanks for coming on the Lawyers Podcast and just always value you so much. You're You're an awesome person. Thank you, Sarah. I am so glad. This is our first time actually doing the podcast together. So I'm glad we got a chance to do this. Always a pleasure to help our listeners as well as our labsters just have a better relationship with their numbers. All right. Well, it won't be the last. We'll see you soon. Bye. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.